a couple of years ago, I was preparing to go on sabbatical. And one of the challenges that pastors have when they go on sabbatical is that sense that everything is going to fall apart if you're not a part of it, right? Uh, we, have, we tend to have this sense that we are critical to what goes on at the church. And in order to take an extended period of leave like a sabbatical, you ha- kind of have to just get past that and realize that, that you're not indispensable, that uh, others will pick up the load, and that you just have to be able to step back from that. So that's part of the equation. And then once I took the sabbatical... Uh, Of course, I was looking for some kind of theme, hoping that the Lord would speak to me in some form or fashion. And the thing that, uh, one of the messages that I came out of the other side of the sabbatical with was this idea of leverage, that I didn't have to be a pastor. I didn't have to be the pastor of Cornerstone. No matter what, my identity was wrapped up in that I was a child of God, not being a pastor. And no matter what I did, as a job uh, that I was going to use my life to let, I wanted my life to be leveraged for the benefit of others. That I was going to leverage my life to the greatest extent for the kingdom of God. And that wasn't dependent on my being a pastor or being in a particular role or anything like that. So there were kind of two lessons out of there. One was that I had to lighten my load and recognize that that perhaps I was carrying a burden for the church or for my role that really was not mine to care, carry. And when I came back from the sabbatical, I was very strategic about not just picking up everything that I had done before, but to, in essence, pick something up and evaluate it and say, okay, does this need to be done? And if it needs to be done, does it need to be done by me? And if not, then who can we give it off to? Or what are the things that 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 need to be done that really only I can do? And those are the things that I should focus on. Not that I'm not that I'm indispensable, but the things that, that I'm best at doing, I should leverage those for the benefit of the kingdom of God and for others. So there was that twofold lesson. What can I, what can I give up? What do I need to let go of? How do I need to lighten my load? And then the other thing was, how can I use the things that are in my hands, the leverage that I have, the power that I have for the maximum benefit of others? others. And I tell you that story because that is our theme for today. We have been, over the last couple of weeks, going through a couple of different skills, don't worry, choose joy, that uh, will help you to successfully navigate through this phase of life. And today, we are talking about lightening the load, lightening the load. And our topic is this idea of burdens, because so many of us are carrying burdens, putting burdens on ourselves, and uh, see burdens around us that really don't need to be in place. I remember even further back when I was in college, I I just felt so, you know, part of, part of taking a sabbatical is to avoid burnout, to alleviate the effects of burnout. And that there was a time where I was in, when I was in school that I was just feeling really burned out. And I realized that I was putting all kinds of expectations on myself that 
really were not coming from the Lord, that I had, as it were, a very harsh taskmaster, and that master was not God. That was stuff that I was putting on myself, expectations that I was placing on myself that really didn't need to be there. So, in this message, we want to talk about how you can lighten your load, how you can get rid of some of those burdens. And the bottom line is to lighten the load. We want to lighten the load because my guess is that you are carrying some burdens that perhaps others have put on you that perhaps you put on yourself because you feel like you are responsible for these and there's nobody else that can do it and you have to meet this certain standard or do these certain things or else your life is a failure, you won't be a success, you won't be acceptable in your eyes or in the eyes of others and sometimes those burdens are lies that need to be shed. You need to lighten your load. And my guess is, I'm sure, that every one of us is surrounded by people who are bearing a load that is too heavy for them. And they need to be freed of that load. They need that load lightened. And there's probably something in many cases that you can do to help lighten that load for others. So that's what we're going to be talking about today. We're choosing joy. We're not going to worry. And now today we are going to lighten the load. We're going to look at this passage from Galatians. So let's look together at today's passage. It's Galatians chapter 5 verses 13 to 15. And then we pick up again at the end of chapter 5 and the beginning of chapter 6. So this is Paul's letter to the church at Galatia. For you have been called to live in freedom, my brothers and sisters, but don't use your freedom to satisfy your sinful nature. Instead, use your freedom to serve one another in love. For the whole law can be summed up in this one command, love your neighbor as yourself. But if you are always biting and devouring one another, watch out. Beware of destroying one another. Picking it up at Galatians 5.25. Since we are living by the Spirit, let us follow the Spirit's leading in every part of our lives. Let us not become conceited or provoke one another or be jealous of one another. Dear brothers and sisters, if another believer is overcome by some sin, you who are godly should help gently and humbly help that person back onto the right path. And be careful not to fall into the same temptation yourself. Share each other's burdens, and in this way, obey the law of Christ. If you think you are too important to help someone, you're only fooling yourself. You're not that important. Would you pray with me? Heavenly Father, I pray that you would speak to us through your word. I pray that during this time that you would lift unnecessary burdens that people are carrying. Your promise was that if we would come to you, that you would lighten our load, that you would uh, take those who are weary and heavy laden and give them rest. And you said you are gentle and lowly in heart and that we would find rest for our souls. So I pray that in this time together that you will do exactly that 
for us through the truth of your word and through the service that we can offer to one another. We pray this in Jesus' name. And everyone said, Amen. All right, so let's look at this together. Bottom line for this whole passage is that we are going to lighten the load, and there are two aspects to that. We're going to lighten our own load, and we're going to lighten the load for others. So let's start out with lightening your own load. Lighten your own load. Just like I described that there were burdens and expectations and uh, things that I was carrying that I really didn't need to carry, things that I had placed on myself rather than expectations that the Lord had of me, in the same way, we need to be free of those. And that's one way we lighten our own load. I get this from Galatians 5.13. This was the first verse that we read. Look at what it says. For you have been called to live in freedom, my brothers and sisters. You have been called to live in freedom. Now, the book of Galatians, what the Apostle Paul is dealing with is people who had come into the church after the church has been established, after the people had accepted Christ as Lord and Savior, recognizing that their past sins had disqualified them, but the, for, but the cross of Christ, his death on the cross, had forgiven them and made it possible for them to be adopted into the family of God, uh, regardless of their past performance. Then somebody else came into the church and said, oh yeah, Jesus is wonderful, but you've really got to become Jewish first. You still have to uh, do all the Jewish things and keep all the Jewish laws, and then you can be a Christian. And so that's what the Apostle Paul is fighting against. These external signs, these external expectations that the people were putting on the church at Galatia. So he says, no, you are freed from that. Because you belong to Christ, all the, all the punishment for your sin was placed on Christ. And the only thing that matters is your identification with Christ. Christ, not any of these external symbols or expectations. So he says that is a, that's the freedom that you have in Christ, that the only thing that matters is faith expressing itself through love, your faith in Jesus Christ, that you trust him and that you belong to him. You have been called to live in freedom. And so we lighten our load when we remember that the only thing that makes us acceptable to God is what Jesus did on the cross. And some of these external things that people try to put on us or that we try to put on ourselves don't really matter. Now, just to be clear, I'm not talking about throwing ethics and what is right and wrong out the window, but we all know that there are certain things that don't necessarily fall into the category of right and wrong by which we judge others. And he's saying those external things don't matter. Let's pick up this theme in James. The uh, Apostle James writing to the churches says that anyone who speaks against a brother or sister or judges them speaks against the law and judges it. In other words, I can do one of two things. I can be focused on doing the right thing myself or I can be focused on acting as judge and evaluating what other people are doing and making judgments 
on them. And what he's saying is when you judge the law, when you're acting as judge, when you put yourself on the in the seat of the judge, you are not keeping it. You're not following the law. You're not doing the right thing. You're sitting in judgment. Uh, So this is his way of saying, look, if you're going to focus on something, don't be focusing on deciding whether other people are meeting up to your standards. Focus on yourself. Focus on yourself. And then he picks up this theme Paul does a little bit later, Galatians 5, 25, we read this. Since we are living by the Spirit, let us follow the Spirit's leading in every part of our lives. Remember how I said this isn't tossing right and wrong out the window. He's saying you, your life, you are alive in Christ Jesus. You are alive because of Jesus, because you are a part of the family of God and citizens in his kingdom. You have God's Holy Spirit living and residing in you. He has given you spiritual life. And since you are living by the Spirit, since your life is, your spiritual life is uh, due to the Spirit, let us follow the Spirit's leading. Another translation puts it as staying in step with the Spirit. There are a couple of prayers that I often pray, all based on a couple of letters in the New Testament, that I'd be filled with the Spirit, that I'd stay in step with the Spirit, that I wouldn't grieve the Spirit, that I would be filled with the fruit, that I'd be bearing the fruit of the Spirit. So this is where the staying in step with the Spirit happens. You're living by the Spirit. Our life is in the Spirit. So let us follow the Spirit's leading in every part of our life. And so there are all kinds of opportunities that the world puts and that we kind of fall into from time to time of judging. Well, that person is, is doing good. That person is doing wrong. We should, you should really do this. You can only be following God if you do this. And it seems like right now in our world, uh, our world is just rife with this. But what the Apostle Paul is saying here is don't let anybody put these external things on you that are just really legalism. That's that's the spirit that the Apostle Paul is fighting against in Galatia. And that is the spirit, the spirit of legalism that that I'm gonna decide what's right and wrong based not on what's right and wrong, but on external appearances. And then I'm going to take my convictions and my judgment about what right and wrong, and I'm going to judge you based on that. Again, we're not talking about ethics, we're talking about external signs and things that don't really matter. So the first thing that we can do is just lighten your own load. Are you putting expectations on yourself in order to please yourself or to please others when really God hasn't put those expectations on you? How do you know what to expect of yourself and what God expects, then you should be in God's word on a regular basis, studying God's word, reading God's word, praying through God's word, discussing God's word with others. Then that's going to tune your conscience and your sense of right and wrong to God as opposed to just going by what other people say and what other people are doing. So some of us just need to lighten our loads. We put expectations or others have put expectations on us that didn't come from our loving Heavenly Father, and we just need to cast those off. 
And then we also need to have that same kind of grace towards others as well. I was listening to a podcast and Craig Rochelle said that uh, it was a good word because he said, you should be a fan of what you're doing without feeling like you have to tear down what other people are doing. That is such a great word. Uh, I mean, as you look around what's happened in churches and the way people have responded to the the pandemic, the way people uh, have organized themselves politically and all that kind of stuff, yes, be a fan of what you do, but you don't necessarily have to tear other people down who have made a different choice. You know, we have had, for example, times where we have met in person inside. We've met in person outside. We have been online all the time and sometimes online exclusively. Those are just different approaches that we've taken over the course of the pandemic. I don't feel the need to tear down others who have taken a different approach or to say that we've done it the only right way, but people on the other side of the town, on the other side of the country, on the other side of the world have to do it exactly like we've done it. No, of course not. That's ridiculous. Let's be. Let's you know seek God, seek God's face, do the best that we can to stay in step with His Spirit, and then do that. But we don't have to say that our way is the only right way, or that other people are doing it wrong because they're approaching it in a different way. There's there should be a sense of grace that we extend towards others, and we just don't know the burdens that they are carrying. So. Lift your own load. Don't judge yourself by what others have uh, in mind for you. And then secondly, we're going to lighten the load by lightening the load for others. Lighten the load for others. In verse 13, he says, but, you know, you were called to freedom, but don't use your freedom to satisfy your sinful nature. Just make sure, and this is the way the message translation puts it, just make sure that you don't use this freedom as an excuse to do whatever you want. So you could say, yes, I'm free from all these expectations. I can just do whatever I want. No, the purpose of your freedom is not to please yourself. He goes on to explain, the purpose of your freedom is instead, use your freedom to serve one another in love. In other words, the reason that God has freed you, the reason that you have this liberty in his spirit is not so you can just do what you want. It's so that you can leverage what you have to serve others, to serve others in love, lovingly. In contrast, he says a little bit later, but if you're always biting and devouring one another, watch out. Be aware of destroying one another. And as I was studying, I found out this biting and devouring, it was kind of like a phrase that was used when it was describing the way wild animals act. It would be like our saying, they were fighting like cats and dogs. You know, if I said that, you would know I'm not just thinking about cats and dogs. That's a phrase that we used. Well, this biting and devouring was a phrase that they would have been familiar with. That's what wild animals do with one another. They're just constantly at each other's throats. So he says, this is, that's not the way we should be within the family of God, biting and devouring one another. We'll end up destroying each other. Instead, we're supposed to use that freedom to serve one another in love. And then he comes to what I feel like is the the core verse of this whole passage in Galatians 6.2. 
it says in the NIV, carry each other's burdens and in this way you will fulfill the law of Christ. Carry each other's burdens and in this way you will fulfill the law of Christ. Then, well, what is he talking about? When he's saying, okay, so some people have burdens that they are bearing and it's sometimes within our power to lift those burdens. We might have resources or insight or knowledge or energy or power that we can leverage for the benefit of others. And they are weighed down by this burden. We can help to lift this burden. And when we do that, we are fulfilling the law of Christ. What's he talking about there? Well, again, when you want to understand a phrase, you look at it in context. Context is king in the scriptures. So the immediate context, let's go back just a couple of verses to 514. He says that the whole law Remember, you'll fulfill the law of Christ. Well, the whole law can be summed up in this one command, to love your neighbor as yourself. And this is based on Jesus' words. He was asked, what's the most important commandment? And in Mark 12, uh, Mark 12, 29, he says, the most important commandment is this. Listen, O Israel. Now he's quoting from Old Testament scriptures. The Lord, our God, is the one and only Lord. In other words, let's get the identity right. Okay, we're going we're gonna to worship the Lord, the God of Israel. And you must love, here's the command, love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, all your mind, all your strength. You're going to love him wholeheartedly. But he doesn't stop there. I mean, that's not really terribly surprising. Love God. Yes, good, got it. But he goes on and he says the second is equally important. Equally important. What could be as important as loving God? Of, of identifying who God is, make sure you're worshiping the right God, and then loving him wholeheartedly. What is equal to that? The second is equally important. Love your neighbor as yourself. No other command is greater than these. And here, Jesus begins to uh, identify for us this fact that, that if you want to love God, then you're going to love your neighbor. And if you love your neighbor, you are in the process loving God as well. He intimately tied up these two concepts so much so that we won't, don't refer to love God and love your neighbor as the great commandments. We, tell, we talk about the great commandment. They're, they're so intimately intertwined. And then the apostle John, I mean, all, all the apostles, all, the, all angles of scripture are backing this up. 1 John 4.20, if somebody says, I love God, yet hates his brother, that person is a liar. You're biting and devouring one another. Oh, but I love God. You're tearing people down behind uh, their back. Oh, but I love God. John says, nah, liar. <laughs> that can't happen. You can't do that. If you love God, you'll love your brother. If you say you love God and you hate your brother, you're a liar. And he explains it this way. For if we don't love people, we can see. How can we love God whom we cannot see? So you want to demonstrate your love for God? Then it's demonstrated in our love for people. And this uh, then leads into Jesus teaching his new command, 
This is in John chapter 13. Jesus is getting ready to go to the cross. He's giving his last batch, uh, last shot of teaching to his disciples. And so he says, a new command I give you. A new command? Okay, so I can, I can imagine the disciples, their ears are kind of perked up. It's like we've been around Jesus for three years and he's going to give us something that he's never taught us before. A new command. And then he says, love one another. And I can imagine them going like... <laughs> We've heard that before. I mean, that's not even that is not even new Jesus. That's Old Testament. I mean, we've heard this before. Jesus, you've talked about this before. This isn't a new command, love one another. Uh, but there was something new about it. And that was the standard by which this love would be measured. He goes on to say, as I have loved you, so you must love one another. As I have loved you. In other words, if you want to understand what it's like to love God, then you're just going to pour yourself out in love for your brothers and sisters. And you want to know to what measure and in what way we're, we're going to measure our love for one another. It's going to be the measure of Christ who emptied himself of his divine privileges, came in humility, lived among us, lived a perfect life, and then went to the cross and died a death he did not deserve in order that we could have the forgiveness that we could never earn. As I have loved you, so you must love one another. And then he goes on to say that, okay, new command, love one another in the same way that I have loved you. And oh, by the way, by this, by what, what's this? This love that you have for one another that is the same kind of love that I demonstrated for you. By this everyone will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. If you love one another. Think of all the ways that we judge others and how well they're doing. Oh, well, do they do this or do they do that? Does their church do this or does their church do that? Do they believe this or do they believe that? And then we kind of gradiate people as to how close to God they are. Jesus said, no, 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 no. By this, everyone will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. And, and this is the standard. As I have loved you. As I have loved you. And so what did Jesus do? He, again, emptied himself, went to the cross. What, what this is telling us is something about Jesus and about God. God is like... I, I see your situation. I see that you have blown it, that you don't live up to your own standards even, so you know you don't live up to mine, that sin separates us, and uh, I see you under the burden of your sin, but I'm going to do something about it. I'm going to do something. I'm going to do whatever it takes to lift that burden, to remove any and all barriers to your being adopted into my family. As I have loved you, I'm going to go to the cross and I'm going to suffer a torturous death that I did not deserve so that you can be included in my family, so that all the sin that has kept us apart can be forgiven, so that your guilt can be washed away. As I have loved you, that's what Jesus is saying. 
And so the first thing that we can do to lift our own burden is to take that burden of sin and guilt that is ours to own and unload it on Jesus because he has offered to carry it away on our behalf. And so that's why every week I encourage you to turn your life over to Jesus, to say yes to Jesus, to say yes to his forgiveness so that what, count, what he did on the cross will count for you. And you can say, I don't, I'm, not, I, I'm not under that burden of guilt anymore. Jesus carried away that burden of guilt. To say yes to his lordship, just like it says in this passage, we live by the spirit, we have life in the spirit, so now we're going to stay in step, we're going to follow the spirit's leading. That, that's what it means. When, you're, when Jesus is your Lord, you're going to follow his leading. You're going to stay in step with his leading. You're going to do what he says. And so this isn't automatic. If there's never been a time where you publicly, decidedly, once and for all, turned your life over to Christ, now is the time. Click the button, text yes to our church number 603-225-2550 because we want to, it'll help you to make it official to, to, to take that step. We want to celebrate because this is the best decision that you'll ever make. And we want to equip and encourage you and resource you for your new life in Christ. So that's the number one burden. Get rid of that burden of guilt and despair and, and unforgiveness and everything that you are carrying that God put on Christ on the cross so that you can be free of that. And then once you have that freedom and lightness that comes from knowing that your sins are forgiven, from knowing that everything is right between you and your heavenly father, then you can focus not on judging yourself and judging others, but on serving others, of leveraging everything that you have within your power to lift the burdens of others. That's how we fulfill the law of Christ by carrying each other's burdens. In that immediate passage, it talks about other spiritual burdens. If you see somebody who is tripped up, who's fallen into sin, we don't judge them and condemn them and point at them. We come alongside them and figure out how to help them and draw them out of the pit that they've dug for themselves. For sometimes, sometimes it's a financial resource. Sometimes it's just leveraging power and influence that we have for the benefit of others. If God has given you a position of power and influence over anyone, it's not so that you can please yourself and benefit yourself. It's so that you can leverage that power for the benefit of those under your authority. So we take that burden and we hand it over to the Lord. And then we're able to look around and say, how can I lift the burden for someone else? So that's my challenge to you today is to leverage your lift Leverage your lift to lighten the load for another. As we go through this week, we are going to choose joy. Oh, to recognize that every day is a sacred day that the Lord has made, that we're going to rejoice and be glad in it. Every day, we're going to make a decision not to worry, to not worry about tomorrow, to take those worries and concerns and place them in a box with the label of tomorrow and put it on the shelf. Pray Give us this day our daily bread and allow God to take off of his shelf everything that we need to face today. We're going to choose joy. We're not going to worry. And then we're going to lighten our load. We're going to lighten the load for ourselves by putting 
all of those expectations that are unnecessary and unwarranted, and we're going to drop them. We're going to fulfill the law of Christ by looking around and seeing what burdens others are carrying, and then do whatever we can, whatever is in our power, to lighten those loads, to lift those burdens, and to, in doing so, fulfill the law of Christ. We're going to love God by loving our neighbor. We're going to fulfill that new command to love one another by loving each other in the same selfless and sacrificial way that Jesus loved us. And then people will know that we are his followers. By this, everyone will know because we love one another. Would you pray with me? Heavenly Father, I thank you for the burden that you have lifted when you went to the cross and carried our sin guilt away. I thank you, Lord, that you have freed us from the expectations that we put on ourselves and that others put on us that have nothing to do with the way that you judge us. I thank you, Lord, that we have the freedom to serve one another in love. And I pray that you would give us insight eyes to see the burdens that others are carrying, and then the courage and strength to act to carry one another's burdens, to lift the load for someone else, to love others in the same way that you loved us. And then we will be known as your disciples. We will be marked by that love for one another. We pray this so that you will receive the glory and credit and many more people will turn to you in faith and trust. We pray this in Jesus' name and everyone said, amen.